Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. What's up, fam? What's up? It's Tally and Sarah. Welcome back to Curious Conversations. Happy Wednesday. So today we sit down and talk all things business as requested by you guys. Sarah, what did we talk about today? We spoke about you starting off Tally Lou, mm-hmm. how you and I met, uh, our biggest lessons learnt so far, and ad- we gave you guys advice on your questions on starting businesses. Yes. So thank you so much for your question, guys. We hope you like this episode. Sending love to the Melbourne fans. Peace. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and pass on to all your friends. Hi. Happy Wednesday. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hi, Sarah. Hey, T. Good to see your face again. I know. We're doing this on Zoom, and it's so weird seeing you through a screen, and I just want normal life back. But what's happening? How are you? I'm I'm all right. I think you know that I've had two mental breakdowns last week. Last I mean, week. I mean, it's great. I feel like if you haven't had a mental breakdown, then who are you? Have you? I have. I mean, I had mental break. Well, actually, having said that, this time around, I don't think I've had a mental breakdown. I think I said this on the previous podcast at the start. Remember, like, yeah. the first lock, like the 9th of July lockdown or whatever it was, I had a breakdown and I had a few breakdowns the first one. But this one, I've been okay. I've changed my thought pattern. I've been doing a lot of meditation. I've been doing a lot of like visualization and manifestation in the mornings. So I feel like that's helped me a lot. How's your anxiety? Okay. If I don't engage in a lot of conversations, I've backed off from media completely, especially the news. Um, but I mean, it's not great. <laughs> if if you choose not to engage in conversations, I know a lot of text messages in oh. our group friend text messages yeah. are all about... I mean, I've, I like, in a way, to explain to everyone, a lot of our group messages in the moment are political, mm-hmm. and I'm not like a very political person, but I like to know, and I actually like learning about it, but at the moment, learning about it is scaring the shit out of me, like, just for the state of Victoria and what's going to be our future and stuff. It is scaring me a little bit, and kind of, I don't know if it's pushing me to do like, I don't know. I'm like, do I want to stay in Victoria? I don't that's know. A, that's a fair comment because a lot of our friends have been like, if this is extended another year, the state of the emergency, state of emergency, yeah, they're out. And I'm just like, I, I'm considered like, oh, I don't know. It makes me sad because I love Melbourne and I love stuff like that. But also, I don't want to live under a dictator. But anyway, <laughs> this is not a political conversation. So let's get to life. It well, actually, we put a post up. So this podcast is based on business and. Tully Lou, that's what we do. If we're not mm-hmm. recording, we run an activewear business. So we did a little shout out on the gram. Sarah also did a shout out. Did Proud you like you. that? I lo- it was good. I, I felt so awkward. I loved. She even put a little question box. Love that. It took me a hot minute did to figure really? out how to ha. try and do that. That's so funny. Um, so we did a little shout out to you guys just asking 
what questions you wanted to um, hear from us because we had a lot of people requesting a business podcast from us. So we're giving you guys what you want. <laughs> so we're doing a business podcast today. Do you want to? And just for everyone's information, Tully doesn't know what questions I yes. got sent, and I actually got sent some, and <laughs> I don't know what you got sent. Yeah. So we're doing this. We're winging it off. We haven't practiced. We don't know anything. Oh my god, I've lost the questions. Honestly, here they are. Um. So we don't know what each other got. So I can I start? Yeah. Go. Cool. All right. So I mean, I've got a few questions here. Some are double ups, and maybe some will be double up of you as well. But um. First, there was one question, and I feel like it's appropriate to start. But how did you guys meet and decide on creating Tully Lou? Uh, well, Tully Lou was already established when we met. Yeah, we met in yoga. Yeah. So, for everyone, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast, but I'm a yoga teacher. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to teach Bikram, and I teach Vinyasa as well, but mostly Bikram. I have a question: Are you still qualified? Like, yes. I'm a yoga teacher, but I'm not. Yes, I'm qualified. I'm still Bikram qualified. Vinyasa. I don't know if I'd be able to teach a class, to be fair. Like I feel like I'd have to go back to training. But Bikram, 100%. I could teach Bikram with my eyes closed. Um, Easy. So, yes, I'm still qualified. But, yeah, we met at yoga. Mm -hmm. So I used to teach yoga. Sarah and I used to practice at the same yoga studio and just kind of met through a friend, Alice, I think. Yeah, Yeah. a friend, Alice Bikui, who teaches an an awesome Pilates class online at the moment. fit as fuck. Um, yeah, so we met at a yoga class many moons ago and at the time I had already launched Tally Lou in 2012, 2013 was the official launch. And Sarah, what were you doing? I met you just before my first or second stint overseas. I think it was your second. Yeah, must have been my second. And then so... I went to Italy and then I came back. And when I came back, I was working for my dad. Yeah. And I was writing the blog, blog post, post for yeah. you part time because working for my dad, I would get up at 4 30 in the morning. And oh, that's right. I'd already finished work by 9 a.m. Yeah. And I was like, bored. I'd go practice Bikram <laughs> yeah. at the 9 30 class. And then I was like, what am I going to do for the rest of my day? So yeah. I used to help you out. Yeah. So you did. So I was at a stage there where I was running Tullyloo by myself and I had another lady, another lady um, working for me as well. And I, yeah, I think you just started doing marketing stuff and blog posts and helping me out. And that's kind of how that relationship kind of formed. And then after a little while, I don't know if I mentioned this either, but after a little while, I Tully Lou just got way too much for me and I, I really did need more help and I needed someone to come on board. You, you know. thought about walking away. I did think about walking away. I was at a stage there where I was like my health was getting in the way. I was getting a lot of panic attacks, anxiety, stress was like really bad. And I remember my mum saying to me, if this is what it's going to be like, I think you need to step away because your health is more important. Obviously battling health issues when I was a teenager, I've come to the realisation that definitely health is more important. So I, yeah, Sarah came on board, started working for me and then eventually business partners and that's And to be honest, I wouldn't want anyone else to be a business partner, to be fair, like it just works. Um, and that's how that kind of rolled out. What I don't even know what year that was. Maybe 16, Yeah, 17? maybe 2016 or 16? 17. I think it was 16. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and since then there's been some times where both of us have kind of wanted to walk away, but we've not walk away, but we've been like, 
well, um, what are we doing? Emotionally drained and stressed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but as they say, it takes a very, very long time to establish a business and mm-hmm. shit doesn't happen overnight. And I feel like what this is like the seventh year now, and I actually feel like stuff's happening now. So guys, it's if your business takes off overnight, then fuck, you've got an amazing product or whatever. But it takes a long time. I'm very proud of our um not I wouldn't say patience, but our growth. Yeah. And we've always said that. Remember, I always said like I'd rather climb the ladder slowly mm. and be successful the longer than climb the ladder fast overnight and be, you know, a somebody or something overnight and then boom, it disappears. I remember you always saying uh, one of our friends, Glenn, who runs Nana Judy, Judy yeah. the advice he gave yeah. to you. He was like, it literally takes 10 years yeah. to develop a business. And I was like, whoa, that's a long time. We've got a few more years. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. So hit me with your next question. Okay. This was, um, I was actually surprised I got questions. So I'm really proud. <laughs> I'm so proud. I hope they weren't all from like friends. No, they're not. Um, if you had an extra thousand K in budget, how would you spend it and why? That's a really, really good question. Yeah. It had an extra thousand K. Shit. When you run a business, a thousand dollars isn't really that much, to be fair. Um, I'd be smart about that thousand dollars. To be a hundred thousand. Oh, a hundred. A hundred thousand. Oh, shit balls. What wouldn't I do? I thought you said 1K. A hundred thousand, sorry. Well, that's a different story because I was like 1K is not much money in business. hundred mm-hmm. K. Whoa, okay. That's a lot. Um, Some advice that we've been given from Sarah's dad is you have to invest money to make money. Mm-hmm. So obviously I would probably use majority of that for product. Not not a not majority, but a lot of it on product. I think. I actually don't know because we've never had that hundred k in our bank account to just play with. I would probably invest a lot of money on product. To be I, fair, I have to, to disagree with that. We, really, we no, we have, but we've previously made some. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm just saying, like free willy, like free willy, <laughs> free willy. <laughs> Free the willy. <laughs> Free <No>. the willy. <laughs> Sorry. We, there, a few years ago, we had that amount of depo- disposable money. No, I know. And we were spending. It on PR. $5,000 <laughs> US a month, a month. On PR that did shit all. And back then, and even with PR, you find it so hard to measure your return. Yeah. Like we were getting celebrity placements every now and then and then but it doesn't equal sales. No. It doesn't. It's just brand awareness. Look, personally, I would invest it on products because there's so many other products that I'd love to develop under Tullyloo. Like I'm talking like clothing products mm-hmm. to expand our brand. The more you expand the brand, the more products we have, the bigger – the brand will be like more, you know, stockers and all that kind of stuff. So having that, I would probably invest a little bit more money on product. And then with a little bit more of the money, I would say probably marketing because but the right kind of marketing. I wouldn't be like, oh, $5,000 for you to post on Instagram, yeah, 5000 no, I wouldn't do that. We've also marketing. done that mistake. Yeah, we've also made that mistake. I wouldn't use that marketing. I would invest a lot of money on, we've recently seen that advertise, the Facebook and Instagram uh, yeah. stuff is actually working. So I would probably invest money on that because there is definitely a return. 
and you can measure those returns. With placing a garment on an Instagram influencer, majority of them, you can't, no say like no you can't really measure it really mm-hmm. you get statistics you get insights and stuff like that but i would probably invest a lot of money on that and then can we pocket some money <laughs> <laughs> i feel like we need a bonus um no i would probably say yeah products to be fair mm-hmm. what would you invest it on when i first saw the question my head went to china no no and nah. Because I no no I know. Let me finish. Sorry, I'm just like I. I was like, oh, I wonder investing in a TP Mall partner. That's nah. like fifty thousand. I was like, but then you need to invest in them. And I was like, that's actually not enough no. to invest in China. But also that, like, I honestly like. And guys, listening to this, you're getting an insight into what we're currently. To be honest, I don't want to invest any more money on in China. Mm-hmm. I am that fucking fed up with <laughs> China, just our lawsuit that we're going through, yeah. everything that the way I'm just no more, Yeah, like honestly. Um, but I can see where your brain's going at because that's previously where money has been. But at I, the moment. I was thinking more growth and how yeah, can we get that. grow. But I agree. Then when I thought, sat back and thought about mm. it, I was like, okay, more Facebook targeting, more Instagram, mm-hmm. more marketing, more agree. content, content, and um, building more products. Agree, agree. Because at the end of the day, we have to remember that we're a product based company, mm-hmm. and for us to make more money, we need to create more products. We need to have more stock and stuff like that. So, I would definitely probably invest in product and exactly what you said: the advertising, marketing kind of space, online, tar- social targeting, and stuff like that. Hundred percent. Um, would you ever? I'm, a bit I'm behind on the. Questions. I'm reading Phil Knight. Love sh- that book. The Shoe Dog, mm. um, the founder of Nike, and it's a great read. Would you ever invest in an athlete? Um, that's a good question. I mean, oh, fuck, yeah, I don't know. At this point of time, no. Mm. Down the track, once you know more brand awareness and all that kind of stuff, I would consider it it definitely have to be the right athlete um I mean Nike and all those brands do athlete sponsorships and stuff like that so well um I mean I think about it definitely in the future and like I said have to be the right athlete I have another question just so I know where your brain goes when we've got this money um, built up in the bank what would be the first products that you diversify into oh shit I would probably invest money on sustainability fabrics and products. So go more down that kind of route because it's expensive. People probably don't think this, but like a lot of sustainability fabrics, manufacturing, all that kind of stuff is actually really fucking expensive, which blows my mind because it's recycled fabrics and products or bottles or whatever. But where fashion is going, and actually not just fashion, where the world is going, it's all about sustainability with global warming, all that kind of stuff. So I would focus heavily, and when I say heavily, like, no, actually I would heavily on that kind of product and avenue. So, you know, your leggings that are made out of plastic bottles and all that kind of stuff because that's where, like, where fashion is going Um, and it's expensive, unfortunately, which sucks balls because it shouldn't be. All right, hit me with another question. Okay, 
what are your top three tips for someone wanting to start a fashion label? Good question. They have to know their market. Like what do you want to start Mm. in? Do you want to start in track pants and hoodies? Mm -hmm. Do you want to start? Swimwear. Exactly. So know what category you want to start with. I would suggest starting with only a few products. Agree. And also um, I'm going to go on the tail end of this as well. Exactly what you said. Make sure you know like what you're going into. If it's mm-hmm. if it's loungewear, stick to loungewear. Mm-hmm. Don't go loungewear, activewear, swimwear. Stick with what you want to actually focus on. And also I would – I've had a fucking brain fart. What was I going to say? I don't know your other one. Oh, my gosh. But by, I can't remember what I was going to say. By only having a few products, you're able to capitalise oh, right. and invest in exactly. those few rather than if, say, if you had 12 styles, you can only manufacture maybe five, mm-hmm. like depending on because what you're starting with, you could maybe manufacture, say, 100 pieces of each. But if you focus on four or five products, you can actually build Agreed. on them. And, yeah, that's what I was going to say. And from like when I first started and my advice to anyone starting, order your the absolute minimums. Don't be ordering a thousand per style, per color, by, by, by size, because you're just, it's kind of going to go with what you just said. It's just going to have money stock sitting in shelves. So just order your absolute minimum, see how it sells, how it goes, and then um, just focus on those key points, I think. Yeah. Yeah. My next question actually is a good flow on from your question. Mm-hmm. How much money do you need for your first production in a clothing business? Okay, good question. Um, so for me, when I first started, I I think I started, no, I know I started, I only had 15K mm-hmm. and that was my budget and I think I spent probably about 13K on production because you have to remember when you're first starting, a lot of your first samples are going to be three times more expensive than what the make price is because if you don't confirm that style, so just for example, just say a hoodie, just say your make price is 25 US. To make that first sample, it's three times that price. So you have to kind of put in consideration the higher prices in the sampling stage. But yeah, I started with 15K, but I did start seven years ago. I started small. It really depends what product you're launching, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but And you got to also consider website. Yeah. You need to build a website. Exactly. You need to shoot content. Exactly. So, I mean, maybe 15K is not enough, but that's how much I started with and, you know, we're here now. But um, I don't know. I just make sure you've just cover all your and make sure you've got money in the bank for when you do start because there'll be incidental things that you'll need to pay for. And when you first start, to be fair, there's not many overheads. Mm-hmm. Really, there's not. Um, but you can also call in favours. Like if you've got a friend who's a photographer, be like, can oh, you do me a solid and do this? Don't be scared to hustle. Oh, and at exactly, the start, that's a good that's Don't a good be point. scared to hustle because at the start when I started, I was terrified to ask for help. Not terrified, probably a wrong word, but I was too embarrassed to ask for help. I was lucky I had a lot of friends that could help um, and offered to help. That 
just really, really lucky. But um, I just feel like don't be scared to ask for help because to be honest, most people are willing to help unless they're jealous fucks and rude and whatever, then why do you want them in your life anyway? Don't mm-hmm. want them to support you. But I, yeah, I would just hustle, hustle, hustle. Don't be scared. So let's say 15, 20K. I reckon. I mean, again, does it depends what brand. Like, that's what I started with. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, like it's a bit of a hard question because what product are you making? Mm-hmm. What is it really luxe? Is it, is it, what's your business plan? Are you pre or like, it's really hard to answer, but I'm just saying personally, I started with 15K. Yep. So again, it really just depends. Um, This is a question which I'm not going to say that because it's just not going to roll on, but I want to know now. Oh no. It's just like, where do you even start? But like, oh, it's kind of, it kind of answered that. Um, How do you, sorry, how do you two find working together? Sarah can answer that one. (laughs) Um, Considering before when you saw me through my laptop and I was flicking with my Connect 4 pen and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Look, no, I love working with you, honestly. Oh, that's nice. Honestly, um, I think you have amazing qualities as a business partner and mm-hmm. a friend. Mm-hmm. I think you are very creative. And, look, I think we're in a position now in our lives where we have open discussions, which mm-hmm. is good, and we never take anything. And if I, like, you know when I can't complete a sentence and you butt in, that frustrates me. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But traditionally I might have arced up and things like that, but I'm like, Tal, you've done it again. I know. It's something I have to fucking work on, but. Um. <laughs> I mean, it's all like I love working with you. I think you're very creative. I don't know. It just works. Yeah, it does. I Same, I love working with you. I think both of our personalities complement having a business together, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Because I work in a different my brain works in a different way to your brain. So like I could be thinking of something and then you like it it just it just works. Like we both think very differently but kind of similar in a way. And same thing, like we'll talk about something um you know on the table just say it's a business decision and you'll have an opinion, I'll have an opinion. You might not agree with half of my opinion or whatever I might not agree with half your opinion but there's always we always meet in the middle yeah we discuss always so we'll be like okay well you like that element of that we'll add that in I think we should do it this way let's do this and that and we kind of just merge them together and it just works and it always works out Mm -hmm. um but like I said to you before we started this podcast we're just having a discussion and it's like to be honest I don't think I'd ever work like I don't know if I could work with another business partner It'd be actually not, I'm actually dead serious. I don't know if I could, it'd be very hard. I could work. Oh, no, I was going to say I could work for someone else. I'm going to run with that as a compliment. Oh, (laughs) I don't give compliments much. (laughs) It is a compliment. Thank you. That's okay. Um, Next question. Okay. Sorry. Got to get it up. Bear with me. Um, Oh, this is a good one. If you had a time machine and could go back five years, what would be one thing you'd tell yourself? In business? 
Presumably. Um, I would say I've got two things. One, I would say, and we haven't really moved from this, but sometimes like it's hard to get caught up, but like stay, make sure you stay in your own lane. Mm-hmm. And in business wise, because it can be very easy to see what your competitors are doing and think, oh shit, we should be doing that because they're doing that or shit, they're doing that. We should do that. And you do, you get caught up. But I would just say, and I mean, we've always been quite good at that. There's been a few things where I'm like, oh, they're producing that. Maybe we should do that. But I feel like just stay in your own lane. Um, and that's like something we talk about all the time, business, life, podcast, everything. It's like, Mm-mm, stay in your own lane. This is how we work. This is us. Stay in your own lane. Another thing, I wish we didn't focus so much on China. Why do you say that? Because where the world's going at the moment, I just feel like, I don't know, I just feel like it was a it wasn't time wasted because we learnt we've learnt a lot. But I But keep this in context. Our biggest stockist are yeah, okay. in China. I know. I was just going to say that. So, yes, our biggest stockist was in China. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with current circumstances, money, economics, economics, all that politics, politics all that kind of stuff. Um, they are not investing money on product anymore, which is fair. They, you know, their sales gone down, whatever. Yes, China was our probably our money maker. Agree. But I think we focused a lot on trying to get other stuff. I don't know. I just sometimes I wish we hadn't have spent so much time on China and maybe focused more on, you know, the USA or not that we didn't ever, but just like maybe other avenues or other areas we could have focused on. But you saying that we didn't invest any money. No, I said time. Time. Yeah. But look how much money with PR in America. No, I know. I know. I know, but I'm just like up. I'm more focusing on the time that we've mm-hmm. spent. Like it's been very time-consuming, especially with like all the lawyers and stuff, getting all documents together, doing these meetings, blah, blah, blah. But that's nothing to do with time. Like regardless if we looked at China as a market, this stuff, legal stuff would still be happening. Yeah, 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 I know. I know. I just feel like back-end stuff, we just probably wasted too much time on China. Fair. Um, But that's what do you think? Um, The... We often say this, the amount of money we spent in America on PR yeah. makes us feel sick. Yep, agree. Having said that, a big lesson learned. Though. Massive lesson. Having said that, it does make me feel sick. Like mm-hmm. I think about it and I'm like, vomit. But having said that, massive lesson learned. Like one, <laughs> some people talk the talk and don't walk the walk. Mm-hmm. Make sure like exact example of how we got screwed over mm-hmm. 100% and I just I would never ever ever invest that much money on PR ever again not even in Australia I don't think we had the balls to hold these people accountable though like I would now oh, yeah back I, then I wouldn't because no. I was too I was too scared of having someone hate me mm-hmm. honestly I just was like no like it's our reputation it's all this stuff now actually no fuck you you like so many things that you guys didn't do that you said you did, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we would – so this is a showroom also, take into account that too, like the showroom we had. I feel like the showroom, yes, there was a lot of money wasted there, but that was something that we th- experimented 
Still a lot of money. I know, money. I know. It's definitely a lot of money, but again, okay, now actually take that back. Again, we're the only ones that know how to sell our product properly. Yeah. No one else, like, I mean, it depends what kind of company you are, but to be fair, like the only person that's going to be able to sell your product properly is yourself, mm-hmm. meaning me, you and I, because like we run, do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just like it's hard with showrooms, like bloody hell. Yeah, money, yeah. I just, if you have a business and you want to invest money on PR, like ugh, in clothing, it's just too hard. Mm-hmm. It. Having said that, if I had a beauty brand or a food brand, I feel like PR would be quite beneficial. Really? Yep. I just think fashion is too hard. Yep. But, but that's my opinion. Okay. So next one, and I'm glad this question is for you because we all know I'm not very good with numbers. Um, like I am, but I'm not. What is your pricing strategy and why? <laughs> Do you know what? I remember – Probably maybe around 2015, 2016, we had our first trip to New York and we were sitting in a room with Bandia. Oh, that was so embarrassing. <laughs> One of the head buyers. And she looked, she grilled us. She looked at us, look, we're mid-20s, like mid Yeah, mid-20s. Yeah. And um, she looked at us. Looked at the whole. Wait, cell. sorry, can sorry, just butting in for one second. Just an example of this fucking lady. She was like Corella Deville. Yeah, she was. Like I have never ever been so terrified in my life. <laughs> sorry, I just had to say that. You have to picture this lady. So she looked at us, looked at the wholesale price, and she just grilled us because you're back then. I wasn't a part yeah, of. Yeah. But your model, from what you had been advised, was yeah, wholesale would be half of the retail retail price Mm -hmm. she looked at us and she just thought we were the stupidest people that have ever walked into her office she's like that is not the industry standard she was like telling us how to run the business and I I I looked at Tal I was like oh and then she was like minimum is a 55 percent margin for um Mm. buyers and in my head I'm trying to do the calculations I'm like oh god oh god and at this point she was also criticising the product. Mm-hmm. So all I'm thinking, Sarah's sitting there thinking about, oh, my God, the numbers. And in my head I'm like taking it personal because she's criticising the designs and thinking it's about me but it's not. Mm-hmm. And there was so much going on in that meeting that it was, one, the most terrifying meeting I've ever been into and, two, probably the most life-changing meeting as well, yeah. to be fair, yeah, honestly. It's like a movie now that I think about it. They, um, they make you stronger. Yeah. I think we left that and I was like, oh, my God, she's such a fucking bitch. Like she's got no idea. Like how dare she? Literally we were like that. Yeah. Like, But now you look back and you're like actually can laugh about it because we were so young. Mm-hmm. had exactly right. I was advised a pricing strategy that was completely wrong and like two young Melbourne chicks coming into New York City, like one of the fashion cap- like fashion capitals, media mm-hmm. capitals of the world and getting absolutely grilled by Corella Deville, <laughs> like <laughs> horrible. But in saying that, so pricing strategy, pricing for fashion generally is that fifty-five percent margin mm-hmm. of retail. But then also, you work with some stockers who are consignment, mm-hmm. and you negotiate a model and pricing strategy that works for yep. you. And then you've also got marketplaces that you have a contract written up that 
also works on them earning a percentage of mm-hmm. the retail price that an item sold. Mm-hmm. And then what other strategies? So what? Consignment, so, if the the stockist doesn't sell it over a period of time, get the stock back. they send it back. I don't advise that at all. And also with bigger online and physical store retailers won't they, name huge yeah. names, but they you would probably be better talking about this because I wasn't yeah. around when they came to you, mm-hmm. but they work on even less margin. I think it was 70%. Really? I think it was 70%. So like I- But then their payment terms- Are very, like I think 90 to 120 days or mm. something. It's it's quite extreme. So then that's when cash flow comes around because- 100%. Say they order thousands and thousands of units. You have to have that money in the bank. To to produce produce it. So Mm -hmm. then you think you're you're not going to get that money for For three three to four months. It's actually terrifying. And- um. You're right. I got approached by a department store in Australia back, oh gosh, it was a long time ago. And I was so, so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, if Tally Lou is in this store, that's going to be amazing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, young girl, young brand. I'm like, yes, if it's in this store, I'm going to make it. Like, this is one of Australia's, like, whatever. Went into the meeting, like, and I'm a massive fake it to make it. They asked me a question and in my head, and if I don't think I can do it, I still say yes. Like mm. they're like, can you have stock in two months? And I'm like, absolutely, yes. <laughs> I'll work out. When I walk out from that meeting, I'll work out a way to fucking get that stock. Um, but they sat me down and I was like, this is so exciting. Went through all the payment terms. And honestly, I was so excited. I'm like, yes, absolutely. Did not think of all the things that Sarah just said. I was just so excited. And then I remember talking to a few friends whose brands had been at that department store and they said, Tully, if you go in that department store, I can guarantee you you'll be bankrupt in two months. Yeah. And I was like, so for me at that young age, young brand, having that opportunity to be at that store, I was like, oh, should I risk it? Should I not? Like business is all about risk. Should I do it? And I actually decided not to. I was always like, oh, I'd love to have that name on our stockers page. Like literally, like that's what it is. And then I thought about it and I also thought – my stock will be 90% of the time at that store, it'll be on sale. I don't want my brand to be on sale 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's going to look like at those stores. I don't have any control over what it looks like. I, I'll i be that person traveling around Melbourne, going to all these department stores, making sure my stock is presentable. <laughs> like that's the kind of person that I am. And I know that this, like, there's so many things you have to think about. Yeah, I said no. And a lot of people like you were crazy. And I was like, man, I don't want to be bankrupt in three months. I'd rather, again, climb the ladder slowly and be in this for a longer ride. Yep. Ready for the next question? Oh, is it me? No, I'm going to ask it, but are you ready? Oh, yep. I just need a sip of water. What are some of the positives and negatives of being a business owner? Oh, okay. So I'll go positives first because positives, fun. Positives is, I mean, you get to work for yourself. So like for me, I think that's a positive because you can create your own daily schedule. You can create all that kind of like just say if – half the day we had something on, you can work, you know, the rest, you can work into the night to manage that. You don't, Mm -hmm. you're not on a time schedule, which I like and works well with my lifestyle and just the way that I work. I love that. Two, it's seeing, I don't even know how to put this in words, but like number two for me would be like the success and like good things that happen. It kind of it's more rewarding. It's yeah. not you're not celebrating someone else's success. Like I used to work in quite a big company when I first finished studying and 
um, I was working my ass off there and doing a lot of things, but the success or that feeling, it's not rewarded to you because you're not the money maker. You're just mm-hmm. getting paid. So I feel like number two, the rewarding kind of stage, that's fucking amazing and the best feeling in the world. Three is um, like you get to like work on your like work on your terms, kind of the same, but like work on your terms, like the way that you run a business. So you know when you work for someone else and they have like um, procedures in place and all that kind of stuff and it's like, oh, I wouldn't do it that way or I wouldn't do it that way. Number three, I feel like you can set those procedures or those things that you do and it benefits the way that you work. Mm-hmm. So like, again, when I used to work at another company, they would do things and I'm like, oh, I don't work in that way or like, I don't like doing it that way, but like with your business, you can set all those kind of things. I feel like they're probably the three positives. Three negatives is the stress, like the constant thinking about business. Like to be fair, like you're thinking and you're on 24 hours a day. That can be quite stressful. In a, okay, this kind of sounds weird. In a way, I love that. Like I kind of thrive off that, but then it can it creates stress and also can get in the way of friendships or relationships or whatever. But again, I kind of thrive off that. So it's maybe positive, maybe negative. I don't know. Second is oh, maybe cash. Like sometimes there can be cash flow problems. Lawyers come up. Like the incidental um, things that are not in your forecast of your business plan or your year or whatever, that can be so frustrating because you could be having like a real big high. Like it's like a roller coaster. You could have this really big high, like a full day of sales. And then the next day, like maybe you get hit with like, like something negative, like a lawyer, like a you're fighting something, or it's like a roller coaster. Fair to say that when a lawyer email pops up, you're I like, don't open it. I can't open it. Yeah, it gives me. Sh- oh. But in saying that, I read a um one of our friends, Freya. She runs a financial business, oh, yeah. and I read something of hers the other day, and it actually came to fruition in a sense. She's like, some days your sales might be a little bit low. Yeah, and you, she goes. Don't worry about it. The next day, the possibility that you could make 20K in one day, yeah. it's there. But we've never actually, like, you would be like, oh, our sales are low. Like, make sure you do this. But mm. we've never actually focused on the shit days. Really? No. I don't think we have. No. Because for us, and I don't know if this is us being like, blah, blah, like, or whatever, but everything always works out. Yeah. It always does. Like, yeah. so, yeah. And the third negative. I don't know, I feel like stress is the worst thing, like the unexpected like things I hate. Third, negative. Maybe there's only two. I, I Yeah, I can't think of a third. No, I feel like those two things are probably the two, the things that give me anxiety. Well, look at anxiety. The, the predicament the world is in now. I'm so grateful oh, we run our own oh, business. And honestly, I've said this to you every day the last like however months. I'm so grateful that we run an active web business. I'm so grateful that we've been busy. I'm so grateful that we run our own business and stuff like that. Um, but that runs under a positive, I suppose. But what would yours be? Well, your answer was very long. Can we just go to another question? Sorry. <laughs> but would you agree with mine? No, I agree. The The positive is that you can set your own hours, mm-hmm. but in saying that you, we never switch off. No. And in a sense, we you, we're more accountable to work or not to try and develop ourselves as business owners yeah. and people 
if you're working for someone else, you learn off them. But if it's just us, we we know we can there might be a better ways of doing something. So we have to actively reach out mm-hmm. and learn from mentors or mm-hmm. go to programs and self-educate. Yeah. Like a good example of that is COVID. Like a lot of businesses had to learn to pivot mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I don't think we've really had to pivot as much. No, well, we're online. Yeah, I was just going to say like that's probably – but, for example, if that – was if we did have to pivot personally, Sarah and I would have to learn how to do that and fucking quick. Mm-hmm. So if you don't run a business, you don't have to worry about those headaches because someone else runs the company for you and yep. is doing it for you. Yep. I kind of find that as a positive because you're constantly evolving, you're constantly learning, you're educating yourself and pivoting as much as it's change and it's shit, it's kind of fun. Change is where you grow, huh? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it is kind of fun. Um. Oh, sorry. This is um. What problem? Oh, well, I don't even know how to ask that. Does um, it not make sense? Yeah. No. Wait. One sec. Oh, do you have another one? Yeah, I'll go another one. What role do you think Instagram plays in the fashion space, and is it important? So, when I first started, hundred mm-hmm. percent. When I first started, Instagram was just kind of taking off, and a lot of businesses were growing through Instagram. Very lucky. I had a lot of friends who had a lot of followers um, through social, not socialized, but like social kind of events or whatever. And a lot of them were were like posting and supporting. So when I first started 100% beneficial, I think there was a stage there where Instagram kind of dropped off and, you know, I don't feel like they were, you know, they were asking for money and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like now, I feel like it does play a big part in the business, Instagram, because obviously um, brand awareness, um, committed customers, like we've actually like over the last probably six months really, really formed a really like a community. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's cool how Instagram can do that and you can play that. So I feel like it's pretty important. I think it's it's pivotal. Yeah. You see influencers on it. You see, you can see the transparency from the something happening Mm -hmm. and the conversion through to sales. But I think the most underrated tool of growth is the customer word of mouth. Exactly. So building a community. Yeah. And I feel like with Instagram, building a community, once you've got a loyal community, is when sales start happening. That they will ripple out to their exactly. friends if they're wearing it. I cannot tell you how many people have messaged me and been like, oh, my friend saw me wearing the Tully Loose yeah. and now they want a pair. Yeah. So I feel like building a community is so, so important, not just in a fashion business, mm-hmm. but in a gym business, any business. Building a community is so, so important. I think the most important thing and where we've seen a lot of change the last few months is communication. We've Mm-hmm. created pop-ups on the website yeah. and you might get bombarded now but Tully writes back to I every do. conversation I That's do. Not it's a not a robot no. it's not a robot I literally sit there and I write back so you know when you go on like a website it's like how can I help yeah. you the chat thing comes up that is not a robot we wanted to personalize that and mm-hmm. talk through our voice yep. I guess 
Well, um, you said we can't. We sell it better than anyone else. Hundred percent. And I and we were like, no way. We're not getting a robot. No. Like I will sit there. I've got the app on my phone. Like a message comes up. I write back if I'm not on my laptop. Um, yeah, and that's actually me writing. So. Um, please be nice. <laughs> I think that, no, but honestly, I think that's been a huge game changer. It actually has. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like just building the community, like it's so, so important. Um, how do you stay ahead of trends? I think Tully looks up to me for that. <laughs> can I answer this one? Yeah, go for it. No, can I just say a few years ago, we were in LA and I was like, oh, I want a matching get up. I want to walk down the street and matching. Oh, hoodie. yeah, you did too. And you were like, oh my God, Sarah. I was like, it, that's so woggy. You were like, I am not going to be walking I next to you. I did say that. Look at the world now. I Tal. know. And I actually do wear matching tracksuits. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. I did say that. Mm-hmm. Take that back. Um, 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 oh, yeah, trends. So I'll just answer that really, really quickly because I, I stay, I'm not a massive trend follower, but I do for the business. I, oh, I suppose I am in a way, but for how do I stay ahead of trends? We are so, so lucky in the activewear space to have amazing, we work with a lot of amazing businesses, one in particular in China who sends us updates and forecasting, forecasting of like fabrics and in the active wear space. So very, very lucky that we have businesses that help us do that. There, I'm I'm always on Instagram, on, you know, like my favorite designers, streetwear designers, all that kind of stuff. Like I'm always looking at trends on Instagram. And I feel like Instagram again is probably your number one space to find trends. Um, and then also if you have enough money, there's also a program called WGSN and they are a trend forecasting, trend forecasting business. And they basically, a lot of the really, really big businesses like Billabong and, um, you know, all these big businesses will pay a lot of money each year for that because they will send you trend forecast for fashion, um, for 2022. Mm-hmm. Cause obviously in fashion and especially a lot of not so much us, but a lot of fashion designers are working, you know, at least one to two years, probably two years ahead. Um, so there are businesses called WGSN that you can sign up to, but trust me, it's definitely not cheap um, that you can get really, really like detailed. detailed forecasts. But I would say, again, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Instagram, it's in the palm of your hand. It's quick. It's easy. Screenshot. Um, and I'm in travel as well. Like, we travel a lot, not at the moment, but a lot to Los Angeles and um, Los Angeles and like New York and stuff. And you'll see something over there, maybe not so much in the fashion space, but like food or whatever. You see it over there. And then in Australia, like three years later, yeah. it's like a trend here. So I would say travel as well, depending on what business you're in. Mm-hmm. Any more questions on your side? Nah. Do you have any um, other questions? I got a question about pasta because I did put it out oh, there. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. I said, um, I got a question. What's the best wine to pair with bolognese? Oh, that's a good one. That's Sarah's answer. What would you say? I would say red wine. Oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I stick with the wines that I know. So, but maybe a Shiraz or is that too heavy? No, I think a Shiraz would go really nice. Because it's like a wintry kind yeah. of like comforting kind of meal and I feel like a Shiraz is a bit heavy. heavier. Heavier, yep. I don't I, like Pinot, so me too either. light. Too light. I feel like a Pinot would be nice with like steak. No, I I do like a Shiraz with steak mm, okay. as well. Um, 
Pinot? No. No. It's too light. No, I'm just saying I'm trying to think what it would go with. I was going to say fish, but I wouldn't eat red wine with no, fish. No, you don't really pair it with that. No. But to go with bolognese, I would say maybe like a Sangiovese uh, grape mm-hmm. from Italy. That's kind of, in my mind, similar to a Shiraz. A bit Why more would you go to like, wait, is is a Mal- Malbec is Argentinian. Argentinian. Yeah, so and you wouldn't want to pair that with spaghetti bolognese. Well, you could. They're yeah. similar, like. I presume similar. That'd be good with steak. Yeah. Argentinian. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's the only other question. Oh, I have another question as yeah. well. If we were to start another business together, one, would you? And two, what would it be? Well, I feel like we already answered number my one God, before. we have. We've already said this previously on a podcast, but we're like, oh, my God, we were going to start up boxed water. Yeah, we really were we really before were. it wasn't in Australia. There's so many things. Um, one we answered because we were like, oh, I wouldn't want to work with anyone else as a business mm. partner. So we've kind of answered half of that. For me, I would love to start another business and eventually we, we will. will. Um, but I would love, love to go in either the food or beauty space. And you know what? They would probably. Or beverage, maybe. Maybe. But food, beauty would be my top. Yep, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Beauty, I might need to learn some things. No, but like it could be like collagen powder. Like not that it's collagen powder, but it could be like a sup. It could be something yep. in the beauty space that's like maybe a supplement powder or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I feel like for us, like. I would still have Tallyloo, but under our Tallyloo pillar, I would love to do beauty or like food mm. or a tequila or like something. Or if it was a beverage, like a spirit or something. I don't know. But that's what I'm thinking. Well, they're all things we've thrown around the table before. Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone's listening and um, <laughs> joking. Anything else? Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this up? Did you have any other questions? Uh, I'm kind of having fun talking. It's been a freaking minute. Been a minute. Um, no, I actually don't have. I just got questions like, How much do you love me? Shout out, Georgie. I love you very much. Um, my cousin in Boston was like, When am I going to see you? Great question. Do you know what? I had a really funny one. (laughs) I really do. You know what? I I didn't even know who it was. Would (laughs) I wasn't even going to say before. I had, Are you single? And would you go on a date with me? Do you stalk the person's profile? No, they were private. Oh, was it a boy's name or something? I don't know. Fuck, <laughs> like I was a boy. Oh, um, funny. And also a really random one of can we please be best friends? From a random? Yeah. How oh, about- actually, another question. Sorry. Yep. Um, Pay us back to that person. Can we please be best, best friends? That's what she said. You can be best friends. Her and I are best, best friends. <laughs> you can be best friends. No, sorry, there was another one. Um, would you think of doing visual podcasting? Yep, definitely. We actually did one with Steph for Black Lives Matter, but I didn't post it. No, me either. It was very long. Um, if that's the only thing, it's very long. Like how do you upload that? We need of- someone sitting and recording and then cool editing. Mm. Like I hate the Zoom editing, to be honest. Like you just I would, get... I need to do like an iMovie course or something. I've decided that's a good question. What's one skill you wish you could have now in the business? Oh, I wish I stuck to Illustrator, like yeah. CAD drawing. Really? Yeah. Like I studied it for a while. Um, like I studied that in Photoshop for a while, and then I just, I can't even remember why I stopped. 
I stopped and then thought I would go back to it and then I didn't. And now the programs have changed so dramatically. I, f- I cannot remember anything. Hmm. I freehand draw a lot of things, but I really do wish I had Illustrator CAD skills. Something I can go back and learn, but I just wish I hadn't stopped doing it. Yep. And I also, sometimes I wish I finished school. Do you? Sometimes. Why? Just for know. the social? I feel like not all the time. I just go through phases. Like I have a lot of friends, oh, like in year 12, like in graduate, like I don't know, just, yeah, maybe the experiences. Mm-hmm. And just to say I finished year 12. Like everyone's like, oh, you know, in year 11 or 12, and I'm like, I didn't even do year 11 or 12. That's fair enough. And just before we wrap it up, um, what was breakfast, lunch and dinner last night? Last Yesterday, breakfast, I had porridge. I had porridge with blueberries, koyo, and that chocolate spread stuff that is fucking amazing, tastes like Nutella, and you like melt it through. It's really nice. Lunch, I didn't have lunch yesterday because I was working on a stupid document. I forgot. Um, I actually wasn't hungry. And then dinner I had, oh, I had grilled salmon with one of my favourite all-time salads, Wombok crunchy noodle salad. I saw that actually. Oh, my God. It's my favourite salad ever. I saw that. Yeah, what would you have? I had soaked oats with a bit of banana and peanut butter on mm-hmm. top. Lunch, I have the last few days I've had this huge craving for egg and lettuce sandwich. Oh, my God. I love egg oh, I did sandwiches. That. I had my mum used to make egg curry sandwiches. Oh, so good. But she used to make me take them to school and my lunch top would stink. Yeah. And I'd be like, mum, you you've got to stop giving me that. Like secretly it was so yum, but I was like my lunchbox stinks and everyone's teasing me. Yeah. So my heart, was, that my heart was happy having that. Dinner had a roast veggie bowl. Nice. Just feta and that on top, and then had some linked chocolate for dessert. Nice, yeah. Had a hot chocolate, yeah, with reishi. I've been actually, I've been upping my reishi powder, and I've been having the best sleep. Really? Yeah. Why are you smiling? <laughs> because uh, in my head, I'm like, oh, you've probably been going to the bathroom too. <laughs> I actually haven't. I mean, I go to the bathroom all the time anyway. There's no problem with that. Uh, On that note, guys, it was so good to see you. Sarah, I cannot <laughs> wait to hug you. I, I will know. cry. It's such weird times, guys. Anyway, I hope you're all staying safe, healthy, and we send so much love to our Victorian and Melbourne fam because it's really hard at the moment and we, we, we love you. We love you guys and we're nearly there. Stay strong. Peace. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.